All right, everybody. Welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Tristan Weber, and today I'm going over three topics with you again. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Cowboys' interest in C.J. Stroud and should they trade Dak Prescott. I'll be talking to you guys a little bit about a potential Lamar Jackson replacement in Baltimore. I'm also going to be talking to you guys about Saquon Barkley and his impending free agency and where he should go and what teams should be interested in him. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so there's a report that the Dallas Cowboys are intrigued with Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, and they should absolutely go get him. Not because there's any guarantee that C.J. Stroud is going to be better than Dak Prescott, but because the Cowboys are stuck in quarterback purgatory right now. They are one of the places you absolutely do not want to be, and that is they are playing a plus money to a B quarterback. And I don't want to hear that Dak Prescott is an A quarterback because he isn't. And there's legions of people, and I'm looking at you, Felipe from Caps Off, who think that Dak Prescott is something that he isn't. And it's just time to face the music on him. He's not an A or an A plus or perhaps even a B plus guy. He is a B quarterback. He's a B quarterback that may sometimes be a B plus, but if nothing else, Dak Prescott is at least a franchise quarterback, even if he's not necessarily that guy who can pull you to a championship. So in order for Dallas to go get C.J. Stroud, who, like they said, they appear to be interested in, they would need to figure out what to do with Dak Prescott, and they would likely need to find a trade partner and find somewhere to send him in order to move up in the draft and go get C.J. Stroud. So the difficult part for a proposed Dak Prescott trade is that Dak Prescott has a no-trade clause in his contract. So wherever Dallas would want to ship him, Dak would have to be okay going there, which immediately takes out some quarterback needy teams like the Panthers and the Falcons, because why would Dak want to go there? Now that they're bad teams, it just feels like there's better options if you have a choice of where you want to go. Those don't feel like the teams you would want to go to. However, there feels like a fit available in a team that isn't quarterback needy right now, but they may need a quarterback depending on how the dominoes fall. And they may be interested in Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is at his best when he has major playmakers around him, a great running back and running game to help take some of the pressure off of him to be that guy. And there's a team that fits that criteria and they may have an opening at quarterback as well. On draft day, if he is still available, Dallas should pick up the phone if rather, sorry, on draft day, if C.J. Stroud is still available, Dallas should pick up the phone and call the Seattle Seahawks and see if they would be willing to take Dak Prescott for the number five pick straight up. It makes sense for everyone. It's a trade that makes sense for both teams. If Geno Smith is asking for a ridiculous number, which he may be, Dak Prescott would only count against the Seahawks for $30 million if they trade for him. And that's not a lot when... 
guys like Daniel Jones are trying to get $45 million a year. And Geno Smith, who could be asking for a crazy number, Geno Smith played way better than Daniel 15 passing touchdowns last season, Jones. And it makes sense for the Cowboys because they're likely going to be able to get out from Dak's ridiculous contract, which they decided to pair with Zeke's equally ridiculous contract. And now they can't build around Dak anymore. Last time we saw the Cowboys play was against the 49ers during the playoffs. And it was so obvious in the second half of that game how much better the 49ers were than the Cowboys as a roster. The 49ers have a laundry list of excellent players on their offense, not even counting the defense, on their offense. And Dallas has CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, and a bunch of guys. Trading Dak Prescott makes perfect sense for the Dallas Cowboys. They can get out from under Dak's contract. And it also makes sense for Dak. Right now, with the Dallas Cowboys, Dak is sitting behind an aging offensive line, while the Seahawks have an ascending young offensive line with two ascending young tackles, and he would get to lead an offense that aided nine-year backup. Geno Smith to a 30-yard touchdown, or rather, backup. <laughs> he would be able to lead an offense that aided nine-year-long backup Geno Smith to a 30-touchdown season when Geno Smith only had 34 career touchdowns prior to last season. An offense sporting the likes of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and an ascending young running back in Kenneth Walker. Why And a soon, an eventual Hall of Fame head coach in Pete Carroll. Why wouldn't Dak Prescott want to go there? So it makes sense for all parties. So let's round this back to C.J. Stroud. Once again, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you don't make the call to try and get C.J. Stroud because he, you know for a fact he'll be better than Dak Prescott. You're going to hope that he does. You make this call because of the flexibility that it opens up for you. Look, everyone has seen this number about how quarterbacks who make up more than 12.2% of their team's cap hit don't win the Super Bowl. The lone exception to that was this season with Patrick Mahomes. So trading Dak Prescott, going after C.J. Stroud, gets Dallas out from under that massive contract, allows them to bring in a rookie quarterback and build around him, which is more or less the M.O. of what we've seen around the NFL. Get a quarterback under a rookie deal, don't pay him anything, and surround him with a bunch of guys and a bunch of talent and make a deep playoff run. So then that belies the question of why would the Seahawks want to trade for Dak instead of just taking C.J. Stroud for themselves, okay? They may not want to. It's totally a possibility. But let's look at recent history. Of the past five Super Bowls, dating back to the Patriots beating the Rams, each team that has appeared in the past five Super Bowls has had a quarterback on a rookie deal facing off against a veteran quarterback. The quarterbacks on the rookie deal have won two of those Super Bowls, and the veterans have won three of those Super Bowls. So there is a path for a veteran quarterback on a team-friendly deal, which Dak Prescott would have, once again, only $30 million against the cap, to make a deep playoff run. Maybe not $30 million against the cap, but that's what his salary would be. That's what they have to pay him. So there is a, an avenue for a team with a veteran quarterback on a team-friendly deal to make a deep playoff run. The whole thing just makes sense for both teams. If not, I mean, it's at least fun to talk about. 
Okay, let's move on to a quarterback I like a lot better than Dak Prescott. Uh, former NFL MVP Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to transition to him. Uh, this one's going to be short because my next topic's a little bit long-winded. There's a lot of rumors swirling that the Ravens are going to trade Lamar Jackson, and, and I suspect that they will. Uh, what this is not going to be about is what type of trade package or who the Ravens should trade Lamar Jackson for, because it seems like right now the popular theory is that the Ravens are going to try to trade Lamar Jackson for as many picks as they can possibly get, which they absolutely should. What this is going to be about is if the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson, who should they try to target as their replace as his replacement in Baltimore? And there's a player out there who's currently in the NFL that the Ravens are uniquely suited to target, take on, and develop as a Lamar Jackson replacement. And that's Trey Lance from the 49ers. Look at the profile of Trey Lance right now and what we think of him. We think of him as a big, strong guy who can move, but we aren't really sure about his passing ability, which is a very similar scouting report to what we saw and what we thought of Lamar Jackson coming out of college, that he could really move definitely more so than Trey Lance, and that we aren't sure or weren't sure about his passing ability. Now, I have a suspicion that they're going to say that there are going to be people that say Trey Lance is a better passer than Lamar Jackson, and no, he isn't. Through eight games, because that's all that Trey Lance has played so far, Trey Lance has a completion percentage of 54.9%, and in his rookie season, Lamar Jackson had a completion percentage of 58.2%. They're similar passers. Now, on the on the inverse of this, I also don't think that people feel that Trey Lance is the type of mover and type of athlete that would be able to run the ball like Lamar Jackson is. Even though... Very few people can move like Lamar Jackson. I don't see why he wouldn't be able to. I don't see why Trey, Trey, rather, I don't see why Trey Lance wouldn't be able to move into that kind of running role that Lamar Jackson has now. It seems like Trey Lance, who is two inches taller, about 10 pounds heavier, runs a four or five, wouldn't be able to handle that ball carrying load in that Baltimore offense if the Ravens trade for him. Well, I would imagine seeing for Trey Lance, if the Ravens tried to trade for him, is a Justin Fields type of shift. Going into this season, I don't think any of us looked at Justin Fields as the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I don't think any of us looked at him as a type of quarterback who could have or would have a 1,000-yard rushing season. We just thought of him as an athletic guy who we knew could run if he needed to. He ran a 446, 44940, and Trey Lance runs a 45. So who's to say? that Trey Lance couldn't be that type of guy this next season, that type of guy who leans on his legs to make plays for his team. And the Ravens have experience doing this. They've taken a guy who had passing concerns, but they knew was a gifted athlete, and they made an offense work around him and what he does well. So this feels like it could be an interesting move for both teams if they decide to do it. The Ravens would get another raw athletic quarterback on a rookie deal to try to free up some space, and the 49ers would be able to regain some of those picks that they've lost trading for everybody in the world recently. It makes sense for both teams. All right, lastly, uh, if you're watching this, one of my lights just went out, so sorry about that. Uh, Audio-only viewers, one of my lights just went out. You can you don't get to see it. Uh, I just said audio-only viewers. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> Saquon... Barkley appears to be a pending free agent, and I'd like to have a little chat 
if you will, about where he should go. The reason I'd like to have a little chat about this is because the more I think about teams that should go after Saquon, the more complicated it gets. My very first thought on Saquon Barkley is that no team should give him a massive deal. And I have a suspicion that Saquon will not have the market that some people suspect that he will. First off, we've seen way too many cautionary tales about giving a running back a second contract, especially injury prone ones. And as great as Saquon was last season, he and he is great. He has only played 16 games in a season twice, and he's missed significant time two of the last three years. So if your team is a rebuilding team and you think, hey, you know what? My team should go out and get Saquon Barkley. You should want him because he's a great running back and he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. But most of the teams that you would think of as rebuilding teams already have running backs. Teams like Houston with Damian Pierce, Chicago with David Montgomery, and he's not the level of player that Saquon is, but he's also much less expensive. The Colts have Jonathan Taylor. The, the Panthers, they're rebuilding, but they just moved off of a major running back in Christian McCaffrey, and the Washington Commanders could potentially be interested in Saquon, but Brian Robinson showed flashes this season. So you wouldn't think any of those teams would be interested in Saquon. But there are two rebuilding teams that I think should take a look at Saquon Barkley. Number one is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals have about 13 to 14 million in cap space going into this offseason. So they have a little bit of room to play with, and they're likely going to get even more cap space after they trade DeAndre Hopkins. So here's why this makes sense is Kyler Murray is a small and injury-prone player himself. So it makes sense for the Cardinals to go out and get a premier running back to take some of that pressure off of Kyler Murray. The less Kyler Murray has to throw the ball, the less he is in danger of getting himself injured again. However, the benefit for the Cardinals is that they know that they have a great quarterback when they need him. So the Cardinals would give up DeAndre, bring DeAndre Hopkins. They would bring in Saquon and change the complexion of the offense and try to take some of that pressure off of Kyler Murray in an effort to protect him a bit. It makes sense in theory. The other rebuilding team that should be interested in Saquon Barkley, another team is the Rams. The Rams should try to go out and get Saquon Barkley. This is very likely not going to happen as the Rams are not doing well with cap space right now. But the Sean McVay Rams offense was arguably at its best when they had a star running back when Todd Gurley was there. It would also seem as though McVay isn't a big fan of the guy he has in-house the moment the way with the way he benched and unbenched Cam Akers. And it just feels like a good fit. Like if you say it out loud, Saquon Barkley, Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. It just feels like it's a good fit. It just makes sense. When you say it out loud, it just makes sense. However, the Rams have major cap issues, so I cannot imagine them spending 12-ish million a year on Saquon. They'll likely target someone in the draft and try and get someone cheaper. So those are the rebuilding teams that should be interested in Saquon Barkley, which if, if you are a rebuilding team, I don't feel like it's a good idea to go up there Saquon just because it doesn't make sense to you know try to ask an injury-prone running back to lead your team. Now, the teams I feel like should go after Saquon are teams 
that are that feel like they are a step or two away from a Super Bowl or they're a type of team that feel like they're in a championship window, they're in the playoff window, they need to add pieces to kind of take that next step. However, the issue that comes with that thought is that most of the teams who are in that kind of playoff championship window, playoff window, don't really have the money to sign Saquon. But that said, there are two main teams that feel like a good fit for Saquon that are in that championship window. The number one team that needs to be interested in Saquon Barkley is the Buffalo Bills. The Bills desperately need to get something out of their running game outside of Josh Allen. Last season, Devin Singletary was the Buffalo Bills leading rusher with 819 yards. Josh Allen was second with 762. That's only 60 less yards. The Buffalo Bills need a legitimate running game, and we obviously know what a healthy Saquon Barkley leads that brings to the table. The idea of bringing in Saquon to the Buffalo Bills also lends itself to the idea that it may help with Josh Allen's turnover issues. If Josh Allen isn't having to be Superman every single game and doesn't feel like he has to make the play every single game and he's the Buffalo Bills' sole offensive producer, by bringing in Saquon Barkley, they can lean on the running game a little bit, lean on play action, and then take some of that pressure off of Josh Allen because they have Saquon and they have something outside of their passing game and outside of just Josh Allen. So one would think that bringing in Saquon could help reduce those turnovers. However, the Bills have the sixth worst cap situation in the NFL. So I just can't imagine Saquon going there. I can't imagine the Bills being able to pay for him. Another Saquon Barkley candidate, another team that should be interested in Saquon Barkley is the Miami Dolphins. They have four running backs that are pending free agents. So they have a need at running back just by virtue of everyone potentially leaving. But the Dolphins are a bit of an enigma with their running game. The Miami Dolphins were 25th in total rushing yards last season. So I expected to be able to come on this show and talk about how they need someone who's a real difference maker. But then I dug a little bit deeper and the Dolphins had the second fewest rushing attempts in the NFL last season, and they had two players in Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson averaging almost five yards a carry. So from an outsider's perspective, it looks like they just needed to run the ball more. But think about it this way. If Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson can average close to five yards a carry, it would be very interesting to see what Saquon could do on this Miami Dolphins team. So it's a little strange. And that's not necessarily what I expected to say when I kind of thought this Miami thing up. Uh, but that all being said, there once again, this kind of has an Arizona effect. It makes sense for the Miami Dolphins to bring in a superstar running back like Saquon Barkley, their team, to try and protect their injury-prone quarterback into a tongue of Iloa. It's well-documented, not going to talk about it. But having someone in your offense where Tua can just hand the ball off and hand the ball off versus having to throw the ball over and over and over and over again Seems like a great way to limit the hits to it takes and help limit the injuries he may sustain. So that's it. That's my show today. Hope you guys liked it. Feel free to like and subscribe. Take care, everybody.